Caitlin Bennett is attacked on President's Day. The Democrats hold their ninth primary debate, and Roger Stone gets his sentence. My name is Sean Clinton, and this is the Guide to Freedom Show. Alrighty guys, I hope everyone has had a great week so far. Happy Friday. Um, we have uh, actually have some, something to get to today, unlike last week, where it's a kind of a very slow news cycle. I mean, this week was sort of still slow, but it was much better than uh, last week. And we actually had some things happen. But um, I'm going to get to all that, but first, I do want to make this little picture here. So with uh, Election Day coming up, we know you're... A lot of people are registering to vote and everything, and for many people this is probably their first time voting and all that, and when you like sit down and think about it, it's really cool how like we have the privilege and the right to like choose our elected leaders on like other countries around the world, like North Korea or for example. And it's really only made possible by the brave men and women that go overseas and and just fight for to protect our freedoms. So in order to really kind of repay the favor that they do for us, um, <clears throat> we need to really, what we need to do is try our best to take care of them once they go home, come home. But the problem is our government is just sucks at everything and our veterans are not properly taken care of. So it's really, now it just relies on private citizens, and but um, the best way to do that is with um, going through organizations. Like for example, the Winning Warrior Project. Um, yeah, this is probably one of the best places to donate to. Um, you can do like a monthly, a recurring donation or just a once type of donation. But definitely, rec definitely recommend you donate to more or something because they rich. Richly deserve every ounce of gratitude and everything. Alrighty, so let's get on to the news of the week. So let's to start off with. Let's um actually go over to uh, Caitlin Bennett. Um, for those who know, Caitlin Bennett is a um a young woman who sorry who goes around you know college campus works with uh, Liberty Hangouts and she goes around kind of does these little surveys with college students to see what kind of knowledge they know about the U.S. And it's quite hilarious to see that not many people know about the history of the United States or anything about like how our government is run and everything. And because, you know, she's also pro-Trump and she's gotten so much hate on these college campuses from, and especially online and from other college from college students and everything, and the and the prime example of this was um, on President's Day. She went to it was a Ohio University or something like that. I forget what college it was, but it's definitely a college in Ohio. And she was going there to kind of test people's knowledge on you know President's Day, like while we have it. And she got like. She pretty much got attacked. Like there was like a just big, leftist mob around her, like cussed her, cussing her out, and just all sorts of nasty stuff. And like here's actually the video of 
uh, some of the video of it, and and just to forewarn you, there's there's a lot of cussing in this one, so if you don't really like it, you can easily skip it over and watch it on your own time. I mean, this was the best video I can actually find to put on here, but here, because YouTube is being weird about search results, but here's the video. Please get a picture of me, get a picture of me. Someone just poured hot coffee on me and I dare my leg is broken. I'm not punching you. I dare you to push me again. I'm not pushing you. Oh, you did? How did I end up on the ground? I got it on video. Exactly. That pushed me again. I dare you. Poured hot coffee on me. Alright, I'm coming back to this campus in a couple weeks. That's They say they're tolerant and they're loving. Throwing stuff. You need to back up. Joel, shut your window, Joel. These cops are watching this happen. There's another one. They're still throwing stuff. Just lovely, lovely stuff. Um, first off, I do love how like this um, the guy who was like driving the truck, I think her bodyguard has that train horn um, in his uh, train horn as his um, truck horn. I really want one of those. It would be really nice. Even though I don't blow my horn all that much, but anyways. Um, but yeah, this this was a very nasty, nasty attack. And just like the things they said about her, they poured hot coffee on her and everything it just it's utter nasty stuff like and the left, is, the left just likes to claim that they're all tolerant and everything to a certain all kinds of views but they're only tolerant to views they agree with and since you know Caitlyn doesn't agree with anything like any of their views they want her they see her as an evil evil person who needs to be shunned from society and that she shouldn't have any right to speak or anything it's it's utter, utterly nice stuff and again like I don't agree with Caitlyn about everything but I do agree with her about a lot of a lot of things and but she I mean kudos for her for withstanding this kind of 
mob mob attack and kudos for her actually wanting to go back to this campus that's good on her and but i mean this is this is not unco uncommon at all i mean there's i mean never it's not always like these kind of attacks right here i mean it does happen but not always like that but there is definitely situations where conservatives are kicked off campus or they are barred from from getting on the campus to speak or anything and you know in the video she does comment about how the police are doing nothing about it um but you know i don't think that's them actually agreeing with the leftist mob and that they don't like her then that's because they're not doing anything i think they're being told probably by the university or their superiors to not do anything because i mean that's how that's how it works that's how it works in uh berkeley and in portland i believe too in berkeley um in Portland, where the Antifa just rampant, um, they, like, the mayor has ordered the police not to do anything about Antifa whatsoever, and the same thing for Berkeley. The police on the campus are not allowed to do anything towards the legend's mob or Antifa when they're on the, on the campus. So, yeah, I don't blame the cops for this. I blame whoever the superiors are or the part of the Ohio University cause or whatever, um, campus deans something like that but again this is this is not uncommon whatsoever this is quite happens quite frequently and it actually recently just happened to another um another um, conservative who was going to um trinity university in texas um her name is uh, alicia Kra um alicia kraus um, she works with um she works at the daily wire and you know she does these kind of yaff speaking tours every once in a while as well but she was barred from the university because apparently the doing that will she doesn't honor the, the values she holds doesn't honor the dignity and worth of every person which is whatever and but in but here's a, the yaff article about it and for those who know like yaff is like called the it's the Young Americans Foundation. It's basically a group of young conservatives go around college campuses and to speak to students there. And it's a really cool organization. And it's all like young conservatives like Ben Shapiro, Alicia Krauss, um, Michael Knowles speaks there too, and a bunch of other kind of younger conservatives. And also older conservatives like Andrew Clavin speaks too well and other older conservatives but it's pretty cool it's really cool to see like younger conservatives going around college campuses because i think young younger conservatives do have the best like chance to pull in the younger generation but anyways here's the article from yef the student government at Trinity University in Texas has denied funding for Yav's upcoming Alicia Krauss lecture, claiming her message doesn't align with the school's values of honoring the dignity and worth of every person. According to Julia Westwick, chairman of the TU Young Conservatives of Texas, the group was informed of their denial via email from the vice president of the Student Government Association. The SGA official did not give specifics as to how Cross's conservative views don't align with the listed TU views. And there's a kind of a, a little screenshot of the email 
Um, I'll try to put it, I'll actually put it up right here. You can kind of see it, what it says. But here's, continues right here. Trinity's student government, thanks to mainstream view of gender held by Alicia Krauss and the majority of Americans, is dishonorable and not worthy of being being given the same platform they repeatedly give to other student groups. Westwick told Yav, this is, this is a clear case of view, viewpoint discrimination against those who believe in science. The fact that there are only two genders and that men and women have inherent and biological, biological differences. And this is always the kind of the biggest thing that drives like conservatives off campus for some reason. It's this whole, it's a whole I, the transgender, transgender movement, like the idea that if you believe that you know a man is a man and a woman is a woman, and that you can't just magically turn into a woman if you're a man, and by vice versa. I mean that's 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 completely bad by science and biology. You can just Pull up a biology textbook. You can see it right there. Um, we learned this in seventh grade, for peace sakes. But if you say that, you are basically an evil, bigoted, racist person who needs to be shunned from society and should not have any right to speak anywhere. But it continues right here. I mean, again, um, like it's really like this issue and abortion is probably the two biggest issues that the left just have gone insane over. It's really crazy. But it continues right here. Trinity's student government should not disadvantage any student group based on a speaker's opinion, she said. Um, in doing so, they are not representing a significant portion of the student body. They are supporting a cultural culture free speech and they are discriminating they are they're not supporting a culture of free speech and they are discriminating against students with whom they disagree. Westwick told Yaf she plans to appeal the finance committee's denial to full to the full Senate. Yeah, and that's that's about in the article right there. And it's just yeah, and it's it's crazy to me that it's, this is trending in Texas too. I mean, Texas is relatively red for the most part. I mean, it is kind of turning blue, but it is mostly. Um, red. So it's, I mean, so you would think probably most people on that campus are conservative. So it just doesn't make sense why, like, the student government would think this is a good idea. It just doesn't make sense. But again, you know, Alicia is not the only one to go through something like this. I mean, many other conservatives that have gone through something like this, or that have been really barred from getting on campus, or who have gotten on campus and been attacked. Um. Just last year, I believe, it was um, Michael Knowles was speaking at a college campus, and he was um, someone threw some kind of liquid substance at him, at him who's probably like bleacher or something, and and also, I mean, uh, for as another example, uh, last year as well, around kind of this time, um, Bishop Air was set to speak at Grand Canyon University, which is a Christian university and he was basically banned from going to speaking on campus and for because it, his views on the line were theirs and which is kind of weird coming from a christian university you would think that 
they'll kind of share some of the same views. I mean, at least some of them, political-wise. But here's what the article says, and this is from Faithwire. Conservative firebrand Ben Shapiro has been banned from speaking at Grand Canyon University, the college that last year unseated Liberty University as largest Christian school in the United States. Shapiro was slated to deliver a speech sometime this year at the, at the Phoenix, Arizona campus, but now administrators have told students associated with the Young Americas Foundation that the organization that would have hosted Nama Shapiro, they would not provide a venue for the speaker. According to a press release um, from YAF spokesman Spitzer Brown, GCU administrators told YAF allowing Shapiro to speak on campus would not be good for the school for the school long term. They noted that the author's um, approach instigates a divisive, divisive atmosphere and, and it competes with the school's cultural of unity, love, respect, and having all students' voices on campus heard, which is kind of hilarious. I mean, if they were truly um, like up for that, having all student voices heard, um, why there's clearly people, students on that campus who want who wanted to hear um, Ben um, to come on to what he was hear what Ben has to say. Do their voices not matter? I mean, that, just, that does not make sense. But it continues right here. In a meeting between GCU um, staffers and YAF chapter members, the students were reported told Shapiro is too cutthroat when delivering speeches on college campuses. And what he means by that, I mean Shapiro Ben is like pretty direct when he um says stuff. Then he goes like right for the truth, like no BS and around uh, like. The truth or anything, he just like says it as it is, which is like something I really like, like about him. But at the, that offends a lot of people apparently, and that was enough to get him barred from speaking on that campus. But it continues right here. Administrators have were concerned that Shapiro's comments, particularly regarding immigration, might alienate or offend some students who are beneficiaries of the Obama Deferred Action for. Childhood Rivals program, which is DACA, which is kind of strange to go. I mean, Ben is kind of a libertarian on sort of libertarian on immigration. I mean, I mean, he's not he's he's um, obviously fully against illegal immigration all the way around, but for regular legal immigration, he's on if you you know want to come here legally and like become part of part of American culture like good for you I mean, that's what that's what he believes so I mean, and that's not the most radical view on immigration there's finding more much more radical views on immigration so that's kind of weird that they like highlight that that right there but it's probably because you know, Arizona is a border state I believe yeah it is but anyway the contents right here by caving to an unseen mob and ignoring the popularity of Shapiro among his student body, Grand Canyon University has just played itself and deserves whatever negative response this brings. Brown said, arguing the faith-based college blindly upset, upset, 
goodness, accepted the less luxurious argument that, uh, sorry, the less ludicrous argument that Shapiro's presence somehow damages students, campus, campuses, or debate, or debate. And again, this this is kind of the common like theme around these sort of events right here when conservatives are want to come on college campus is that you know conservative um the students the leftist students might get their feelings hurt or they might be emotionally traumatized for life or they may need counseling or something stupid like that. Um, but you know I'm gonna continue to talk about. Um, this and what what needs to happen in order to fix this problem But first you're gonna have to go over to YouTube to get the rest of the video So not only do we get the rest of what I talk about this whole college campus thing but also talk about briefly about the Democratic debate and also the um, Roger Stone sentencing and then you can also get at the back half of the episode where I talk about to go over the Book of John I'll be John chapter 8 to, um, today and also you can get the good stuff and bad stuff of the week that or stuff I like and dislike of the week and as, as well. Um, remember you can find me on your favorite podcast listening sites such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Um, otherwise, I'll see y'all next week. This is the Ghana Freedom Show. Alrighty, guys. So um, let's continue on right here. So uh, where was I? Okay. So basically, the I kind of lost my train of thought here, but like the common like thing that you know people say that students like on college campuses say about conservatives is that they might get their feelings hurt and they need to be. You know they're emotionally traumatized and everything, just because a conservative wants to come on campus and speak, um, come on campus and speak. So, I mean, is this sort of crap right here? You know, Caitlin Bennett being attacked and everything, conservatives, Ben Shapiro, Lisa Krause, you know, losing their funding or being banned from a college campus, is this sort of crap that gave that that had that gave Trump the win in 2016? And that is going to guarantee his real his reelection in November. I mean, it, like for people who like are all against President Trump, they want to try their best to keep him from being reelected. They're sure trying their best to get him reelected by doing crap like this. And the thing is, in order, I mean, this is a problem. That has been like brewing up for years right here, and it's not going to be solved by simply, you know, Trump being reelected. It will, I mean, I don't, there's no easy answer to how to solve this problem right here, but I mean, I do have a few ideas to how to fix it. Um, one idea is just, I mean, like the federal funding to these co college campuses has really, it's, it was, it, it is what has really started this whole thing, so that needs to be diminished or completely 
like just staying out or or I mean that's just an idea but also I mean it needs to become down to a kind of cultural change about college overall and like for example like conservative business in particular need to stop credentialing on like on your like past like achievements or whatever I mean for obviously like if you're going to be a doctor or engineer or like or a teacher or something like that you obviously probably need to go to school for that obviously but again you can also there's also ways where you can if you want to go to pick a job you can just go in there and, and just learn on the job so like there's certain conservative business that need to stop you know credentialing like for example if I were to run a start a business myself and you know a lot of businesses will say you need to have a bachelor's degree to do this this and this or whatever but I mean I wouldn't put it on there because I mean I didn't I went to college for maybe one for like one year and didn't finish so I mean it wouldn't seem right for me as someone who's running the company and everything it wouldn't be, seem right to me that I I didn't go to college the full time but someone has to go to full college and earn a degree to work at that company if my company just that wouldn't make sense to me and just yeah I mean that, that's just one reason it just and I'm not saying that the college can college overall needs to be shut down but it just the mindset around it that the stigma around not going to college needs to be changed and everything it just there needs to be cultural change overall about college that needs to change in order to fix things like this and I think a lot more conservatives need to try their best to get into to work at these universities and to give that balance of like ideas and everything to stop this stop this mess so I mean I mean that's just some ideas is again it's not a simple fix at all I mean it's gonna take it's gonna take time to fix but yeah, it's gonna it's good it's getting really nasty out there and it's only gonna get nastier as election comes up and if Trump gets runs re-election it's gonna get even nastier so custodians who continue to want to go on college campuses like definitely do so definitely do so but be careful like higher security and everything there's definitely some conservatives had full-on security need full-on security to get on these campuses and I think you know people like Kenna Bennett also needs she has a she has like a bodyguard but she's gonna probably need a full-on security detail to really protect her during this during these events alrighty so let's uh, let's go on to the Democratic debate so this was the ninth Democratic debate and this was over it was in Las Vegas Nevada and the reason why that is because I think the Nevada um, primary is coming up pretty soon and let's just say I mean I didn't watch the entire thing but I did watch some highlights and it was it was pretty interesting to see it was because most of these debates have been pretty much I mean the Democrats have been kind of going after each other just a little bit but for this debate they went after each other hard but it was pretty interesting to see and the one in particular guy that got shellacked by everybody was Michael Bloomberg because I mean he's a kind of a late comer 
into this um, thing and he happens to be rich he has his own business and that's a big no no democratic party now like if you're rich you have no place in the democratic party which makes no sense but yeah here's a kind of a video collaboration of all the democrats going after him I'd like to talk about who we're running against. A billionaire who calls women fat broads and horse-faced lesbians. And no, I'm not talking about Donald Trump. I'm talking about Mayor Bloomberg. Democrats take a huge risk if we just substitute one arrogant billionaire for another. I think we need something different than Donald Trump. I don't think you look at Donald Trump and say, we need someone richer in the White House. When Mayor Bloomberg was busy blaming African-Americans and Latinos for the housing crash of 2008. I was right here in Las Vegas, literally, just a few blocks down the street holding hearings on the banks that were taking away homes. The reason the stop and frisk changed is because Barack Obama sent moderators to see what was going on. The policy was abhorrent and it was in fact a violation of every right people have. The language he used is about stop and frisk. It's about how it turned out. Now this isn't about how it turned out. This is about what it was designed to do to begin with. You need a different apology. Senator, here, thank Mr. you. Everyone up here has released their tax returns, Mayor. I think, and it is a major issue because the president President of the United States has been hiding behind his tax returns. I hope you heard what his defense was. I've been nice to some women. <laughs> that just doesn't cut it. We are not going to beat Donald Trump with a man who has who knows how many non-disclosure agreements and the drip, drip, drip of stories of women saying they have been harassed okay. and discriminated against. Maybe we should also ask how Mayor Bloomberg in 2004 supported George W. Bush for president. The idea that you're able to have a capital gains tax that you pay at the rate of 20 percent if you are in the if you're if you are Mike Bloomberg or whomever it has a whole lot of money and someone else is paying at a war your your staffer is paying at, at, at 25 percent is wrong if we're going into the election of our lives against a president who rose to power by cynically exploiting the frustration of ordinary americans feeling like leaders weren't speaking to them then i think that turning to someone like mayor bloomberg who thinks he can buy this election is no better a way to succeed than turning to somebody like senator sanders who wants to burn the house down oof what <laughs> big oof but yeah bloomberg got hit hard during this debate and i mean bloomberg got like you know hit right back like he like Completely called out Sanders about his like completely communist views. He called Sanders a communist on stage, like and like he called out um, Sanders about having three owning three vacation houses and everything. So yeah, it was a pretty interesting for the parts I saw <laughs> during the debate. But I mean, again, as usual, as you as usual, the winner of this debate was President Trump, as always, because just Democrats just, like, this field just have, has gone downhill 
completely. And I mean, it's just it should say something about the Democratic Party that the front runner is Bernie Sanders, a complete full on communist. So, I mean, that just tells you something about them. You know, they try to run away from that label. So, I mean, again, it's it seems like at this point that Sanders will be the nominee. And again, he doesn't have a prayer prayer against President Trump, but there is. There's a slight possibility. I mean, um, Mike Bloomberg is like slowly gaining some numbers. I mean, it's very, very doubtful that he would have enough to actually rise above Bernie Sanders. But there is a possibility that the DNC can manipulate, manipulate the system like once again, like they did in 2016, and have Bloomberg keep Sanders out. But I think that's going to backfire on them, even though. My Bloomberg might have a chance to beat President Trump. I think doing that just um, Sanders will have dire consequences for them. I think a lot of Sanders supporters will not show up in, in the November because if they did that again, which we shall see what happens. But I mean, November is going to be interesting. It's going to be pretty interesting. And just again, it looks all more that Sanders is going to be a nominee. Alrighty, so let's get to um, Roger Stone. So Roger Stone, who um, he was a what was it? Like about a couple years ago, I think actually last year, he was arrested and um, convicted of like basically he was um, convicted of lying to the FBI, I believe. But here it's kind of a political art article about what kind of what happened. Um, basically, what happened recently is that he was sent to prison for th over three years. But again, here's the full kind of more details about it right here. <clears throat> Roger Stone was sentenced on Thursday to just more than three years in prison, a decision that raises immediate questions about whether President Trump will pardon his longtime political confidence for what the president has decried as a miscarriage of justice. U.S. District Court Judge Amy Burnham Jackson handed down Stone's 40-month sentence in a packed Washington, D.C. courtroom after spending more than two hours ticking through the twisted history of this case, which accumulated last November with a jury finding the GOP operative guilty on seven felony um, counts, including lying to the um, lying to authorities, obstruction of correctional investigation, and witness, and witness intimidation. And remember, this was a kind of a big, like big thing around the time the Mueller report came out, by saying that this he will be the one to bring down Trump. And of course, that didn't happen. I mean, of course, you know. Trump didn't have anything really to do with the Russian probe or the Russian collusion or anything, but there's a lot of like suspicious activity around Roger Stone and everything. Like he had, I think he was in cahoots with uh, Julian Assange, who was the one who leaked the um, Hillary's emails. So and yeah, he was again he was arrested for lying to the FBI and all that stuff, and so. Um, there is a possibility that Trump, I mean, again, this, this won't hurt President Trump at all if he doesn't do anything. 
but there's a possibility that he could pardon Roger Stone, which it will hurt him temporarily, temp temporary, temporarily. But I don't think it will hurt him in the long term. But I don't think it's still not a good idea to do that because you know, while there's definitely been some, definitely some cases where people have not been tried where they should have, like Hillary Clinton some other people who should be in prison right now that doesn't make it okay for someone who birthed the law to still avoid like justice like if you if you break the law you should be like punished for it and that goes for everybody and you know, i'm just you know there's a lot of conservatives who want who are starting to like really want to use the leftist tactics to fight to fight the left, and um, to a certain extent, a certain extent, there's some tactics to you can use, but I don't like the idea of becoming the left, become pretty much becoming the left to fight the left. I mean, as like Obi Wan said in um, Episode Three of Star Wars. Now you have become the very thing you swore to destroy. Yeah, I mean, like you know, like you said, like we become the very thing. Become the very thing we swore to destroy. We we cannot become, we shouldn't become that. We conservatives are unique, like group. We we can be like fiery and passionate, and like we can fight back with, like, with passion. But at the same time, we need to be careful not to dupe down to the lesser level. We need to be still be the decent human beings about about everything, and that's one of the unique things about conservatives. That we still could we fight back we still continue to be decent human beings but I mean again this this is not gonna hurt Trump or whatsoever this is honestly a minor thing and yeah it's, it's not gonna matter in the long run I mean, he's gonna serve his three years and it'll be all be over because I mean the Russian probe it was still going to be sort of a big deal but the Russian probe is done and over with it was another one's found, so it's, yeah, <laughs> it's not. It is, it, yeah, it doesn't really matter at this point. Alrighty, so let's get to some scripture right here. So we're gonna continue on in uh, the book of John. We'll be we're continuing on in John chapter eight today. We'll be going from verse twenty-one to verse thirty, and this time around. Remember, you can follow me along if you want, and I'll read the new, the new Living Translation. And this one is going to be a shorter passage. Later, Jesus said to them again, "I am going away. You will search for me, but um, but will die in. You will search for me, but will die in your sin. You cannot come where I'm going." The people ask, is he planning to commit suicide? What does it mean you cannot come where I'm going? Jesus continued, you are from below, I am from above. You belong to this world, I do not. That is why I said that you would die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, you would die in your sins. Who are you? They demanded. Jesus replied, the one who, the one I have always claimed to be. I have much to say about you and much to condemn, much condemned by won't. For I only, I say only what I have heard from the one who sent me. 
and he is completely truthful. But, but they still didn't understand what he was, that he was talking about his demise father. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man on the, on the cross, then you will understand that I am he. I do nothing on my own, but, but say only what the Father, what the Father taught me. And the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me, for I always do what he, what pleases him. Then many who, then many who heard him say these things, believed in, in him. All right. So what um, kind of Jesus, Jesus is basically saying here is that, you know, it's kind of like the basic message or what. Like his like the salvation is um, from God. Like thanks to um, you know, his sacrifice is that if unless you believe him, you you will die in your sins, which is completely true. And if you don't repent of your sins and turn to Christ, I mean you will you die from your sins and misery and everything. So, but if you do believe in him and turn to him, and follow him, like all that is basically wash away, and you'll be spending eternity with him. In heaven, which is again really cool, really like the most fascinating part about Christianity. There's like most religions, you have to do like all sorts of different things to, in order to possibly reach eternal life to meet um, God or whatever. But I mean, thanks to Christ, like He made a way so we don't have to do all these things. Like He He completed. He fulfilled the law, so as as like when most religions say do do do, Jesus says done. So, yeah, I mean, really fascinating stuff. And so next week I'm be probably finishing up John. I mean John chapter eight, maybe. I mean this is a kind of a long chapter, so yeah. But continue on. With that next week, we'll see how it goes. Alrighty, so let's get to some uh, good stuff and bad stuff of the week. So, some good stuff of the week. Uh, this week, um, on this, uh, just today actually, um, Clone Wars Season 7 is officially out. The first episode is out on Disney Plus, and I had the chance to watch it. It's really good. The, it's, it's a really good first episode. I can't wait to see what the rest of the season is going to be like. But what's really interesting about the, this particular episode, and what's going to probably be interesting about the next few episodes, is that there were some lost, uncomplete, uncompleted episodes that came out years ago. Um, and it was these episodes that just aired, but they were, but they just released. It's, it's yeah, it's very weird. I mean, obviously the previous like versions of the episode, it was the animation was very weird. Like here's a screenshot right here of it. I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's pretty weird. But actually, I was able to finish it, and now you can see the full-on animated version of it. Thankfully, I didn't actually watch any of those episodes, so I went with into this blind. And I'm I'm thankful I didn't watch it because I wanted to be surprised by some of the things, and there is a few surprises in this episode. I mean, here's a little spoiler 
of the episode without context right here. So, um, to, so here is actually a little bit of the trailer. Um, this is not just of uh, episode one, it's kind of probably the, for the next few episodes, but it's, it's really cool. But here's a little bit of this trailer right here. We have more than a dozen active battlefronts, and we are losing nearly every one. Let's take a small squad behind enemy lines. If we're going to find intel, it'll be there. What squad are we taking in? Clone Force 99. They call themselves the Bad Batch. These guys are clones? The cavalry has arrived! The defective clones with desirable mutations. Let's get to work. Remember, this is a stealth mission. So much for stealth. I don't like the look of this. This is a trap. They don't stand a chance. We're going down! Let's finish what we started. So yeah, I mean, definitely recommend getting into the plus and watching this season, especially if, I mean, if especially if you, if, if you haven't seen Clone Wars, de and, and the entire series is available, so definitely watch watch it. So it's all it's an awesome show, and like the new like squad they had in this first episode, the Squad Ninety Nine, the Bad Batch, it's they're beasts, like they're really cool, um, awesome, really awesome clones. But, yeah, so let's get into some bad stuff of the week. So, some bad stuff of the week. Um, this has happened a few days ago, I think on Sunday, or Sunday or Monday, is, um, is during the NASCAR Daytona 500, and um, Brian Newman, who was who were one of the racers, who was in the lead um, for a little bit, he, he almost won the race, um, he was in a very bad accident. Like a very bad accident. He was rushed to the hospital soon after, but thankfully he has recovered from from it and is like resting at home. But here is um a little video of the crash. Danny's got to be careful getting too far out there and letting a big run come. And now as long as they're side by side, he's good. But here comes Newman. Big run. Denny put the block on him. Great job not causing a wreck on that block. White flag under green. Next flag will end the race, and Newman is there. Newman's got locked onto his rear bumper just like he did. Oh, wrecking behind Chase Elliott around. Spinning around. Still, Still green. green. Still green, and here they come. And here comes Blaney. Ryan Blaney up behind Ryan Newman trying to get him to Hamlin. Newman backed up to Blaney. Big run coming here. To no. the inside, Newman to the front. Nothing Denny Hamlin could do. What can Ryan Blaney now do? Here comes a push from Denny Hamlin. Oh, this thing's not over yet. Not at all. Ryan Newman off turn four for the final time. Blaney to the outside, oh. to the inside. Here comes Hamlin up the outside. Wow. Crash into the wall, into the air, up. goes Newman. Upside down. In a shower of sparks on his roof. Ryan Newman comes across the line, fourth. 
and comes to rest. Scoring unofficial between Hamlin and Blaney as far as who crossed the finish line first. It was it was a really bad crash, and you could see like some like a little gas stuck in it with like a car on fire. So I mean, but thankfully again, he survived and he's doing all right. He, he's recovering and probably back at it pretty soon. But yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's pretty pretty like scary stuff when I first saw it, but. Alrighty, that's, I think that's all I have for today. So, I mean, I'll be back here next week with whatever other great stuff will happen. Um, remember, you can find me on your favorite podcast listening sites, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and, and um, SoundCloud. Otherwise, like, share, and subscribe, and I'll see you all next week. My name is Sean Clinton, and this is The God of Freedom Show. If you enjoy this episode, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Also, you can find me on your favorite podcast listening sites, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Thank you for listening.